this week in the parish of bourses and market structure. As Wise comes to market in London, the Robin Hood bandwagon is rolling along. How much is the meme meister of payment for order flow worth? While over in Cryptoland, the Binance crackdown continues. And back in London, death of the financial centre has been exaggerated once again. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, Episode 102. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the week's many events and happenings can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. London reclaims top trading status from Amsterdam. Trumpeted, rather, the headline in the Financial Times the other day as that permanent move of liquidity to the European Union looks to have been somewhat of a chimera. Had the Brussels bugle been credible at any time in the past five years plus with its Brexit coverage, then we could have clearly perceived the city streets of London now resembling one of those tension-building Sergio Leone spaghetti western scenes where a wisp of straw wheedles along in a light breeze, lifting sand in its stead. However, rather than resembling Dodge City Redux, the simple truth is the City of London is resilient, and a fair whack of business headed to the EU while waiting to find the path of least resistance has promptly bounced back. That it returned within mere months ought to be a humiliation to the shameless dullards who have always seen Brexit as a British disaster zone, but having been this consistently wrong to date, why should we expect the stubborn to stop now? Another Brexit scare story dies. The shameless incompetents ride on blithering doom without substance. Next up, back to the Heridian Irish EU finance chief and her endless threats, which can only be credible when married to a very lowbrow understanding of how finance actually works. Meanwhile, with the new new thing garnering increasing headlines, the European Union moves at the pace of a knackered pachyderm. EU crypto regulation goes live in three years, went a headline in finance feeds this week. Reasons why Europeans' EU project dies volume umpteen. Another three-year wait for crypto regulation is simply ludicrous and leaves the European Union 27 once again in the super slow lane of innovation. I mean, the only positive here is that it's not a decade-long wait with an ultimately unsatisfactory series of results. Dog's dinner being, I think, the technical term in Brussels wonk speak, which has, of course, been the case in crowdfunding. Why we really need a Markets in Crypto Assets Directive, which I suppose is MCAD. Personally, I would have preferred Markets in Crypto-related asset products. But anyway, why we need this three-year delay for such a Markets in Directive is a whole separate area for debate. But the European Union has never met an innovation it can't regulate into oblivion. 
Via Beijing to the USA, a lot has been made during the past week of the Chinese regulatory intervention into Didi Chuqing, apparently over cybersecurity issues within hours of its successful New York IPO. Chinese regulatory interventions have significant potential to impact markets around the world, which is one issue. But at the same time, the Wall Street Journal made clear in this story this week that Chinese regulators didn't seek to destabilize the US market. They were asking Didi to delay their IPO due to the accusations pending. That, given a 19% share plunge just after the Independence Day holiday last Tuesday alone, strikes me as a very large open door upon which the massed ranks of the US legal fraternity and likely Gary Gensler's colleagues at the SEC will be rushing through to deliver all manner of legal actions and impediments, respectively. Meanwhile, in a suggestion the Chinese regulatory crackdown could be bad for public markets all the same, Reuters ran an exclusive, the Weibo chairman, state firm, are planning to take China's Twitter private. Exchange Invest is the daily must-read by the most influential figures operating the world's best markets. We invite you to join the exclusive group of Boris bosses and other C-suite executives who make Exchange Invest the exchange of information, their daily business intelligence guide to markets the world over. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at $200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me, patrick at derivativesvision.com. Back in the USA, the swinging $70 million record fine of Robinhood by FINRA helped us appreciate just why the no commission, one might add, no commission by obfuscation broker, opted to delay its IPO during the course of the past week or two. However, with the fine paid, just like Coinbase before it, Robinhood promptly made big noises that its IPO is back on, which some say is shaping up to be a $20 billion listing valuation. Meanwhile, in London, Biggest fintech IPO there ever, in fact, biggest tech IPO there ever, as the fintech giant Wise, formerly known until a month or three ago as TransferWise, went public in a Spotify-style direct public offering. It was a big test for London, and London sailed through. $8 billion being the market cap at the end of the first day's trading, marking an excellent week for the London Stock Exchange Group. Meanwhile, in results, we saw the rise of domestic retail investors helping increase profits of the IDX, that's the Indonesian exchange, by 9.5%. In new markets this week, great news from the Global Stock Exchange Group, one of the world's leading players for driving next-generation capital markets infrastructure. They've invested in CSX Limited in Hong Kong. With the Channel Islands Stock Exchange now taking the moniker International Stock Exchange, as was briefly favoured as a name by the LSE way back when, now Gibraltar's Stock Exchange's parent company is taking the Global Stock Exchange brand by osmosis. Or at least I suppose we could call it a G-swap. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking towards a holiday this month, if you're in quarantine, or perhaps you're just locked in a queue trying to get through the airport in order to manage to go somewhere, arrive somewhere, Show your PCR test or prove that you're vaccinated. Don't forget to pick up some reading. Victory or death, blockchain, cryptocurrency and the fintech world. That's been my latest tome, which came, of course, 20 years on from the excitement of the original fintech bestseller, Capital Market Revolution. And indeed, Capital Market Revolution marked just last week 
Not merely its 20th anniversary, but in fact its 22nd anniversary since publication. It's a binary world. Your career will sustain or collapse in the next stage of digital transformation. Hence the title, Victory or Death, lest you need reminding of the exciting times for finance in which we are living. Victory or Death is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. In Cryptoland this week, when the dust started to clear, it felt a bit like we had witnessed a first wave of Binance crackdown. Japan and Singapore appeared unhappy with the crypto exchange of no fixed abode, while the Cayman Islands banned it. Probably not a huge impact per se, but the UK gave the platform a short shrift, and that began an unravelling of some banking services too, first from the UK cards giant Barclays. And subsequently, at one point in time, Binance had to temporarily suspend, in their own words, payments from the European Union's entire SEPA network. In product news, the National Commodity Derivative Exchange of India launched two new Indian agri-indices, while Sophia's Bulgarian Stock Exchange, they launched the international market powered by Deutsche Börse's T7 system. Confusion reigns as US prepares for LIBOR's end went a credible headline in Risk magazine, and the European Union threw its weight behind new green bond standards. In regulation, the British Chancellor of the Exchequer, that's the Finance Minister to you and me, Richie Sunak, he's promising to sharpen the City of London's competitive edge. That, of course, coming in the same week that the UK managed to wrest back the majority of business in European Union securities. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. In Career Paths This Week, People News, Martin Maloney has been named as the IOSCO Secretary General. And we had the sad news that the founder of Telerate, Neil Hirsch, died at the age of 74. Dow Jones had, of course, sold Telerate to Bridge Information Systems, which famously imploded in 2000 AD and was thereafter divided between Reuters, SunGuard and Moneyline. The Cyprus Securities Exchange, the regulator there, they're searching for a new boss if you're interested. As is indeed TPICAP, they're on the search not for a new boss, but they're looking for a head of investor relations. Perhaps this is the job ad of the century in the parish of bourses and market structure. TPICAP seeks a ludicrously qualified individual to become head of their secret police. Oh no, sorry, to run their investor relations, albeit frankly experienced in, say, the KGB or the Stasi during the Warsaw Pact era, would be sublimely helpful as the role appears to revolve around ensuring the analysts' investors understand your truth and nothing but your truth. Frankly, the levels of delusion from the utterly discredited C-suite and board of TPICAP knows no bounds. This advertisement would be laughable in any listed company. In a regulated listed company, it just looks absurd. Speaking of the absurd, Duncan Niederar, Duncan the value destroyer who ran the NYSE, some say almost into the ground. A former Goldman Sachs banker with, well, a checkered pedigree in M&A over the long term. Duncan Niederar is on a steep learning curve, the news reported this week, as he runs the club from Venice preparing to play in Series A football, the Italian Premier League no less. 
when the season starts next month. It's a move perhaps beyond parody even for what has been a highly lucrative path of career ladder inflation cum failure in the actual entities he ran. Duncan the Value Destroyer is now involved with Italian soccer. Expect the popularity of, say, rugby or cricket to skyrocket. Oh yes, sorry, we should offer the benefit of the doubt clause, past performance, yada yada, blah blah, and all that as if this time might be different. Meanwhile, there was quite a fanfare over the inauguration of the Israeli embassy in the United Arab Emirates. Israel told the region, we're here to stay, including the new foreign minister, Yar Lapid, in the UAE on his first official visit. A less documented side effect of the wonderful Abraham Accords is that the UAE's embassy in Tel Aviv, Israel, is temporarily located in the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange building. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young. Join me Monday through Saturday for the Exchange Invest Daily Newsletter. More details on how you can sign up for a free trial at exchangeinvest.com. All it remains for me to say is I wish you a great week in life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.